Sometimes the best stories in golf aren't found on tour. You'll find them at the back of the range. And here's your host, Ben Adelberg. And thank you again for joining me here at the Back of the Range Golf Podcast. I am your host, Ben Adelberg, and this is episode 27. If you want to learn more about our podcast, where you can download episodes, head over to thebackoftherange.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You'll find that information in the show notes of this podcast. We had a Florida golf legend on the podcast last week, and I hope that everyone enjoyed Bob Toski's episode. This week, we have another legend, but not from Florida. This week, we head to Iowa. Iowa? Yes, we head to Iowa. So, your knowledge of prominent Iowa golfers may start and stop with Zach Johnson. We all know his story. He toiled on the mini tours for years after playing at Drake University. And as many of you already know, the Cedar Rapids native went on to win the Masters, the Open Championship, and he's competed on several Ryder Cup and President's Cup teams. But there's also another gentleman out of Iowa that has an equally impressive story to share, and that's why Gene Elliott is our guest this week at the back of the range. So I could give you his entire list of golf achievements, but I want to get to the interview as quickly as possible. So I'm just going to mention this one number for you all to keep in mind. 30. Now, I'm not going to ruin the surprise of the significance of that number, but while you're listening to Gene's episode, remember that number, 30. I guarantee that when you figure it out and you see what that number means, you're going to say to yourself just what I did. Holy sh**, are you kidding me? Because that's what I did. So before we get to the episode, special thanks to Clint Brown and the entire team at the Iowa Golf Association. They're the ones responsible for putting me together with Gene. They do a fantastic job growing the game of golf in the state of Iowa. As you know, that's a big thing we try and do here with the podcast as well. You can learn more about the Iowa Golf Association at iowagolf.org. And as always, I'll put those links in the show notes of this podcast episode. So this time, it's a thrill to welcome the number one ranked senior amateur in the country, Gene Elliott, to the Back of the Range Golf Podcast. Gene, how you doing? I'm doing good, Ben. It's uh, nice to be with you. Well, I uh, I appreciate you making the time. You've been a just a, a, a gallivanting all over the country playing a bunch of amateur golf. I know you've been through the state of Iowa where you're where you currently live, but uh, tell me about the last few weeks where you've been playing. Well, uh, the last few weeks uh, uh, have been busy. Actually, the last uh, fourteen months have been busy. Um, but uh, um, we we had the concession cup. Uh, down at uh, the Concession Golf Club in uh, Sarasota, Florida. Uh, 16 of the best uh, uh, mid-ams, uh, senior ams, and uh, two super seniors from the U.S. versus uh, the same for Great Britain and Ireland. And uh, it's a, a concept uh, thought by Alan Fidel uh, and Vinnie Giles. Uh, to, it's kind of like a, a mid-am senior Walker Cup. Sure. And, and, uh, uh, that was held down at the concession. It's, uh, they had it in 2014, 2016, and then 2018. Uh, I played as a mid-am in 14 and then, then, uh, this year as a senior. Um, and, uh, hopefully it goes overseas in, in, uh, in two years. But, uh, but Jack Nicholas and, and, uh, Tony Jacklin are, are very supportive of it and they, they attend and, and they have a big dinner and gala. Uh, on Tuesday night that week, and 
they raised 300,000 for charity and, and uh, it's just a great event. And we, we, it, it's just like the Ryder cup with four ball matches, foursome matches, and then singles matches. And, and, uh, uh, our team was very strong and we played very well and we, we whipped them pretty good, but, uh, but it was very, <laughs> it was very competitive. So I, I'm really glad uh, that I'm really glad that you brought that up, how much that we whipped them by, because, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty brutal. And, and yeah, I had some, some of my, uh, buddies from the Florida state golf association were there and, and yeah, they said that we were, well, we had, gosh, we had Parsi Alley, we had the, the reigning U S mid-am champ and, and, Gosh, the names of who was there and just, I mean, every strong U.S. mid-am and, and U.S. senior player, it just seemed like we just had a murderer's row of players up there. Well, and and, and Vinny Giles, uh, the opening deal, he, he, he told them that to begin with. He said, I'm not apologizing for this team. This is this is about the best we could put together, he said, and, and he says, we're 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 pretty tough. So he let them know right away that it was going to be a, a challenge for him. And as only Vinny could do. So, uh, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was a great week, really a good week on, on both sides. And, and, yeah. uh, every, everybody we played with was, a, was a, a fine player and a gentleman. And it was, it was, it was a lot of fun. Well, I, uh, I'm, I'm thrilled that you're able to join us as a, as a member of that uh, victorious U S team, just to give our listeners just, uh, I mean, gosh, I have your, your litany of accomplishments as an amateur and we're going to get into some other ones, but, uh, the number 29, does that ring a bell at all for you? Uh, the number 29, uh, you got, you got me there. Okay. Uh, well, uh, you, you got a lot of people too, because, uh, uh, I don't know if how many people have 29 USGA championship appearances. You've played in the U.S. Junior, U.S. Am, U.S. Mid Am, U.S. Men's State Team, U.S. Four Ball, U.S. Senior, and the U.S. You, I'm sorry, U.S. Senior Amateur and the U.S. Senior Open. And I guess the big Correct. question to me yeah. is, why aren't you at 30 and you're only at 29? Can you explain yourself? <laughs> well, uh, I'm exempt for the Senior Am this year, so I'll definitely get to 30, 30 this <laughs> okay. year in, okay. in, in August. So. Um, you know, it, it, uh, uh, to play in any USGA event is, is quite a thrill and, and I'm, I'm, you know, to play in 29 of them, it, it, it's, uh, it, that, that's hard to fathom. Uh, you know, I have friends who have played in a lot more, but, but, uh, uh, others have just played in maybe, you know, one or two and, and, uh they're all precious and, and sure. uh, to play for a national championship. And, and I came close to getting in an open years ago, us open, but I uh, lost in a playoff once it was first alternate a couple of times. and never got that one. And, uh, but uh, yeah, it, it's, it's uh, yeah, I, I, I cherish every one of them and have had a little bit of success. And haven't got a, haven't got a gold medal yet, but uh, we're still, we're still working on that. Good. Well, before we get back into exactly what you've, uh, uh, what you're currently working on, what you're currently accomplishing. So you were, you're, you're been playing golf in Iowa for quite a long time. So tell me a little bit about your, your college days, your high school days playing, uh, playing in Iowa. Tell me how you got started. Yeah. Um, I was actually born in a small town, Fairfield, Iowa, Southeast Iowa, uh, that had a nine hole golf course and, and, I played all sports as a kid and, and, uh, played a little bit of golf there, but we moved to the quad cities, 
um, when I was 10 years old and, and, uh, uh, joined my father joined a club there after a couple of years. And, and when I was like 11, 12 years old, I played in a few little junior tournaments and it was just another sport back then. And, and, uh, you know, I found out I had a little bit of success and, and, uh, when I became 14 going into high school, I qualified for the high school team as a freshman, varsity as a freshman. And, and, uh, we, we got a new pro, uh, to Crow Valley golf club and his, his name was Butch Harmon. And, you know, we didn't know who he was or anything. And, and, uh, uh, we were just kids and, and, you know, after learning a little bit about him, guys, dad won the masters. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's pretty cool. Uh, we went to a pro junior, the Iowa pro junior together and, and, uh, Butch could play. He's a former PGA tour champion. He won the BC open in New York, uh, in his playing days. And, and Butch was, you know, we looked, you know, we thought he was an old man, but he was probably in his you know early to mid thirties. And, uh, uh, we went to, uh, Iowa pro junior and, and we won. And, and I think the next year we went and we won and he said, I got to find some national pro juniors to take you guys. Cause we had a good group of little, little players. And, and we went into Chicago and in Chicago district pro junior. We won that. And, and, uh, you know, Butch, Butch, he has this magnetism. He still to this day and and when you're just around him you feel like you can do anything you feel like you're invincible and i, I can vividly remember the, the pro junior in iowa and and uh it's, it's three juniors in the pro and and we were playing and the other two kids that have trouble on this hole the par five and and i was in the fairway and 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 i butch comes walking over to me and i said okay i know i, I he's going to tell me to just lay it up in front of the green and pitch it on and make a make a par you sure. know and and he came up to me he says he called me mantis my nickname in high school was mantis he said butch and butch gave it to me he said i looked like a praying mantis when i was standing over the golf ball and, mm-hmm. and uh he said gene mantis i want you to take this three wood and knock it right in the middle of the green i mean you were afraid not to you know and i got up and i hit that thing on the green and i two putted for birdie and and he just i mean he just makes you feel like you can do anything and and uh you know and looking back and looking at all the accomplishments he's had with you know davis love and greg norman and tiger woods and all these people i think he just he has this ability to just make them think that they can do superhuman things and 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 you know he's taken a lot of guys to number one in this game sure and uh, uh butch was butch was there crow valley for about about five years and then he moved on and, and, uh, you know, became the teacher and that everybody knows, but he was just, just another, you know, club pro that we just happened to have at the time. And, and, uh, uh, you know, he's quite a character and, and a lot of fun. And I still, well, we still stay in touch a little bit, not much, but, uh, um, I run into him once in a while here or there. And, um, but that, that was, those were my high school days. Uh, we had great, teams uh, four people uh, on our high school team turned pro uh wow. so we always had we always had strong strong high school teams and uh, we won the state high school championship and and uh, uh i won the i won the individual my senior year and, and went to the university of iowa 
um, on a scholarship after I graduated high school. And, um, you know, the big 10 golf is, is, is a great conference and, and, uh, uh, you know, I, I never was uh, a great college player. Uh, I, I, uh, um, I kind of had a homemade swing and, and, you know, I would get hot and play well and I won, I won some small college tournaments, but, uh, uh, you know, I was never an all American. I was never even big 10, uh, all big 10. And, and, uh, um, but, but, you know, it was, it was kind of like, I was just always close, but never, never good enough. You know, I won some things, but nothing sure. that big. And, and, uh, um, so, Although I did between high school and, and college, I won the Western junior, uh, which, which was a big national, uh, tournament back then. It was, um, you know, they didn't have the AJGA and all these things. So, um, you know, the Western junior was a, was a, a big event. And, and, uh, you know, when I won that all of a sudden, you know, boy, I'm getting letters from all these hot golf schools, you know, and, and I'd already committed to Iowa and I already had my dorm picked out all these things so i never really looked at going anywhere else and and uh um but you know iowa was great and you know i'm an iowa boy and born and raised and and uh um it was it was uh it was a good experience and and but i just i never really got any better in college and and uh when i got out of college uh uh, my parents had a condo down in Florida at Greenleaf, and uh, uh, there was a teacher down there that uh, um, had a little tiny studio and and was thinking about maybe turning pro. I probably, you know, in hindsight, I was crazy, but I I thought, uh, you know, hey, maybe I can make make a living at this, and and uh, I just I, the only reason I went down there was because my parents had a condo and the, the sure. teaching teacher's name was david ledbetter you know well <laughs> so you go 19- from Harmon. To, you go from Harmon to ledbetter i mean uh where the hell i mean where the hell is uh where's hank haney and where uh where, yeah, where, right. where, where are all these other guys hiding so before and i definitely want to hear about your your working with ledbetter but before we get get to that i just wanted to touch on one one question you mentioned that you uh didn't you know light it up in college you were a decent college player but didn't set the world on fire um, you know, we have a lot of listeners that are either playing collegially right now or, or getting ready to do that. Or, um, you know, a lot of people around college golf, we've, we've interviewed some college coaches. Um, can you touch on why you think it was that you just weren't really letting the world on fire? Was it just trying to balance, uh, the coursework? Was it just, uh, was, was there any specific reason looking back that you felt that maybe I just, was it the competition? What, what do you think it was? I, I just wasn't consistent enough. Okay. You know, I, I just, uh, uh, my golf swing wasn't good enough to play good day in and day out. And, and, uh, you know, sometimes putting can take you through a round and, and putting can win you a golf tournament. It doesn't matter how you hit it. Um, and, and, you know, I, I would have, I would have days when, you know, I would hit it well and stuff, but it was, I had a very handsy swing, uh, and, and, uh, it just wasn't a, it just wasn't consistent enough to, to, I I remember playing in a tournament in Florida with Chris Perry. He he was at Ohio state and, and, uh, uh, we were both playing number one for our team when we were paired with Ohio state. We went out and we both shot 71 
And my 71 was absolutely as lowest score I could have shot. And this 71 should have been about seven shots better. Okay. And, and it was just, it was night and day difference. Uh, shot the same score, but, but you know, he, he didn't make a thing and I made everything and, and had the same score, but, but, uh, you know, it just consistency basically to, to answer your question. And, and, uh, uh, you know, that, that's what, that's what I was lacking. Okay. And it sounds like, obviously if you made a run at, and obviously, you know, if you make a run at turning professional and, uh, uh, obviously Ledbetter must've had something to do with that to go from a handsy inconsistent swing to working with David Ledbetter and then obtaining your, 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 your tour card on the European tour in 1989. So what changed when you started working with Ledbetter? Well, I mean, he, he, he hit the nail right on the head. I went down there. I said, I'm going to be here a week. I'd like to work with you. And he said, great. And, you know, he watched me film me swinging and, and we went and looked at the film and, you know, he said, Gene, he said, I bet you three or four weeks in the summertime, you're unbeatable. And then the rest of the year you're searching. And I said, that's exactly me. He says, well, you can't do that in pro golf. If you want to play pro golf, you have to be consistent all the time. And I said, okay. And I mean, he just started from the grip on the posture stance, everything and kind of built it from the ground up basically. Wow. And, and just, just, uh, you know, got me, just got me more, uh, you know, a little bit shorter, more compact, uh, you know, sort of what he did with Faldo when he was, uh, uh, kind of redoing Faldo's swing. And, and, uh, uh, you know, he said, he said, you know, Ben Hogan wasn't the greatest putter in the world, but he'd hit it inside five feet, three or four times around. Sure. And, and, you know, we looked at a lot of, uh, pictures of Hogan and Sam Snead and, and a lot of different, uh, players and, and where they were in their golf swing versus where I was. And, and, uh, he just, he just kind of shortened it up and, and got me, got me so much more consistent and i mean within a matter of a month or so uh you know i was playing many tour things and here's these first team college all americans i'm playing with and stuff that they're now we're all playing professionally and i'm like i'm playing right with these guys you know and uh you know i saw improvement you know right away and and uh um yeah it was it was it was a game changer for me and i got i got a lot better quickly and, and just kept working at what he told me. Well, and that's incredible that, I mean, I'm just thinking about it. It's, it's one thing for, uh, you know, the average 15 handicapper to go to the David Ledbetter Academy and say, I got nothing. I just you know, here, just build me another golf swing. Cause this is not going to take me anywhere. You're a solid college player and, and to hand it over to him. And as you say, build up from the ground up, what was it about him that really connected with you and his teachings that said, yeah, this is going to work for me. Well, I, I, uh, it, it was very awkward at first. Uh, I, I, I had blisters and, you know, the grip felt funny and the swing felt funny and the stance felt funny and, sure. you know, everything was different than what I was used to. And I'm a tall guy, I'm six foot four and, and, uh, I, I think golf is harder for bigger guys just cause you're not on the, uh, you know, shorter and better leverage and things like that. So, but, uh, um, you know, I, he just, he, he's a very convincing guy. He's a, he's a great, 
great guy and a great person. And, and it's, it's, uh, uh, you know, he didn't have the reputation he does now. Um, and, uh, uh, but you could tell he knew what he was doing. Sure. And, uh, um, it, 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 you know, people were, were, you know, coming in and, you know, you'd, you'd be down there and then, you know, Tom Watson walked in and one day and just, you know, kind of spent, you know, 30, 40 minutes with him. And then, <laughs> you, know, your attention. Nick, you know, Nick Price and, and Nick Price and Faldo were there a lot. And, and, uh, you know, it just, uh, I think everybody was coming by to see who is this new guy that, that, you know, he's kind of, you know, and then Faldo started having success and boy, you know, a lead better stock just started rising and sure. rising. But, uh, um, you know, I, I, somebody asked me not too long ago, they said, well, you spent a week with him. What did, what did that cost? And I, 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 he would put me in a, in a, he would work with me for an hour individually in the morning. And then I'd practice the rest of the morning, have lunch. And then in the afternoon, he'd put me in a group session with like four or five other people. And, I, th- I did that for six days straight and I don't think it was a thousand dollars. I think it was like 900 and some dollars oh, for spending like a whole week with David. Ledbetter, that's peanuts. You know? That's that you're stealing. You stole it. I mean, yeah. yeah. Right. So, um, yeah, somebody asked me that the other day, but, uh, anyhow, he, it, I've actually, I've, I've run into him, uh, actually at the concession cup, we talked for probably an hour, uh, uh, this year and, and, um, uh, I saw him back in 2014 and we had a rain delay and I, I talked to him for three or four hours that day, but, uh, he's just a really neat guy. And, and, uh, uh, you know, he's had so much success with so many people from, you know, Lydia Coe and Michelle Weed. And I, I, I can't even think of all he's, who he's worked with Charles Howell and, and uh, but, uh, yeah, been fun knowing him and, and, uh, yeah. And I, I, but you know, I've gone, uh, other people I'll say, yeah, I've, uh, you know, I work with Ledbetter. That's kind of, well, your swing doesn't look anything like a Ledbetter swing. You know, I said, well, that's cause I can't do it very well. You know, I, <laughs> well, I, 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 I try as well as I can, but I still can't get to all the positions he wants me to get to. So, well, you've, uh, you've gotten to quite a few of the positions, uh, obviously with your accomplishments. I mean, gosh, the, the 29 USGAs and, and the wins at the Porter Cup and the Terracotta and the Coleman twice. And um, so how did, and that was, that's your amateur career that you, you went, you went back to after playing professionally, but you, you had the, the experience of playing on the European tour, you got your card in 89. So I'm just wondering, you know, now that's kind of a fashionable uh, path uh, and most notably, I think, uh, you know, Brooks Kepka and, uh, and Peter Uline went the route of going European challenge tour to kind of backdoor into their PGA tour, uh, card. Uh, so what brought you over to try and do that in the late eighties? Um, you know, why? Well, you know? I, yeah, I, I, I had made it to the finals of, uh, the U S tour school three times and, and twice I was in 20th position after four rounds, six round, the finals were six rounds sure. and I was in 20th position and they give 50 cards. And all I can say is I choked, uh, I was a PGA West stadium course and I had the fifth and sixth round. I shoot like 77, 76 and I missed my card by three shots. I mean, if I just shoot par, I, I, you know, I, there. I get it by five or six shots. 
and and uh, then it happened in Florida. I think we were in Palm Coast or somewhere uh, a couple years later, and I'm you know I'm in like 21st place with two rounds to go, and I shoot 79, 70 something, and you know missed by five. And, uh, you know, I, I, uh, I think the reason I went to Europe was I, I, I think I missed the regional to get to the finals in the U S tour school. And, and so I went over to there and, and, uh, I, uh, uh, got my card. It was in Spain. And, uh, I think that was the same year Colin Montgomery got his card. And, and, uh, and I remember playing with, uh, Paul Broadhurst over there in the, in the, tour school and uh uh in 2016 i qualified for the u.s uh senior open uh and and paul broadhurst he was a rookie and i was a rookie over in europe back in 89 and and he wins like the third tournament we played over there uh, as a rookie and i was just like i remember talking to him i was like holy cow you know you you won right out, you know, awesome. That's awesome. You know, and he was real happy and everything. And, and so, you know, after 89, I never saw the guy. Well, uh, at Scioto in 2016 for the U S senior open, I play a practice round with Paul Broadhurst and he has his son caddying for him. And I have my son caddying for me and, and we're walking down the fairway. And I, I, I told my son, I said, uh, I said, uh, or I said to Paul, I said, you know, you and I were rookies on the European tour at the same time. And he kind of looked at me, oh, and I said, and you won the third event out of the blocks. And he turned around, stopped, and he goes, what's your name? (laughs) (laughs) And I said, you wouldn't know me. I said, you wouldn't remember. I said, but but I remember you. And, And he won the British uh, the British senior open, I think yeah. in 2016. So, uh, but you know, it's just, it's, it's neat. The people you've met through the years and, and, uh, you know, you, you, you run into them later in life and things. So, um, yeah, that's, uh, uh, that was kind of how I got over to Europe and played the, played, uh, over there in 1989. And, and the, the experience you had over there, I mean, gosh, how many countries did you visit? I mean, what was it like, obviously in the late eighties, just, just playing the tour, What what were some of the countries and some of the places that you played at? I played, uh, Tenerife, which is an island off the coast of Spain. Mm-hmm. And then we were going to Dubai and, you know, the Middle East, I was, I was kind of scared to death. Uh, the U S had just shot down a, like a Korean airliner or something by accident. And, and so the Middle East was hot with, with, uh, political and military stuff going on. And I was scared to go. And the guy that helped us with our travel arrangements over there, he said, Oh, Dubai is like Florida. He said, it's just, you know, don't worry about it. Just, just go. Really? And, and, <laughs> okay. and, uh, yeah. He said, it's like Florida for the Europeans. I'm like, well, okay. I, I was just going to take a week off and, and he said, Oh no, you'll love it. It's, it's awesome. And, and so we flew Emirates air from London to Dubai and, and, uh, back then Emirates air, they had a map of Europe on there and it showed the plane going, you know, across Europe and, and we get to the Persian Gulf, which that was the hotbed with the uh, military action and everything going on. We're, we're flying right through the middle of the Persian Gulf. And I'm like, Oh my God, we're going to get shot down or something. But, but, uh, we landed, uh, in Dubai and, you know, it's an Arab 
country and and uh um you know there's mach- mach- guys in ropes and machine guns in the airport in 1989 and um it, it, it was we weren't in iowa anymore i can tell you that <laughs> and uh um but it was it's a wonderful golf course it's the same course they play uh that that emirates dubai tournament now and it was like it was the first first or second year they had had it and um i remember making the cut there and it was uh but now it was way out in the country uh from from uh, the city of Dubai, and now I think it's skyscrapers all the way to where oh, yeah. the golf course is. Uh, uh, of course, I haven't been back since '89, but uh, um, no, it was it was a real interesting uh, uh, place to play, and and uh, and we played in uh, we played in Brussels and uh, southern France. I remember playing with David Faraday. Uh, I was paired with him, and and somewhere in southern France, it wasn't a big name town or anything and i couldn't understand the guy uh <laughs> I don't know. He, I, not many people still that, understand the guy but uh, you know he had that irish uh, it was he's a lot better on on tv now than, than you know just his casual conversation but i could i could hardly understand him and and uh um oh where else do we play i played in uh italian open in milan italy and we played in, i played in sardinia You've been all over, yeah, man. I, I can, yeah, I, I, I've, I've clicked a few things on my passport. So, uh, but you know, that was that was that was that was a long time ago. It was a great experience, and and uh, uh, enjoyed it. And and then I I came home and got married and, and uh, quit pro golf. So, um, so that was that was the end of my pro career. So you you get your status back. Looks like in in around ninety four ninety yeah nineteen ninety yeah ninety. Ninety four, ninety five, I think, is when I, I got it back, and and uh, I think the first, pretty much event I play, I qualified for the, the U.S. Mid Am at Caves Valley, and was you know thrilled to make it to that, and and uh, I actually uh, I I was in a playoff for match play, there was all a bunch of guys, fifteen, sixteen guys for. I don't know, six, seven spots. And I was the last guy to get in 64th seed. And I played John Harris, who had just got back from the Walker cup over in Scotland. And all I had to do is two putt the last hole, the 18th hole from 15 feet. I beat John Harris and I three putted it. And then he beat me on the 19th hole. Uh, But yeah, I'll never forget that. My dad was there and he, my dad flew out to watch the match play and, and, uh, three putted that last hole to make the match go and extra hole. And John made like a 40 footer on the first extra hole, but Man. he's become, he's become a real good friend. So, um, uh, but, uh, yeah, that was my first, first, uh, back into amateur am, amateur golf. So, sure. so you, now I'm just curious, you know, you're, you're playing this, this real, uh, busy competitive amateur scheduling and you're not just the typical guy that tees it up on the weekends with his buddies over a couple beers um, you're playing this this national uh, schedule and also you know you you own and operate your own equipment company it's one of the biggest companies in in the united states as far as you know uh you know waste equipment uh, market um how do you balance that i mean how do you balance the 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 family the the work running a company and then playing this high level golf 
is it, it it can't just be all talent it has to be some sort of time management like what what are your keys to keeping everything kind of in sync yeah well back when i was a mid-am and younger younger mid-am i didn't play that heavy a schedule nationally i mean i played national events porter cup and and i played a few sunny hannas and northeast ams and westerns and that but but uh, uh when i got my uh 40s and stuff i didn't i didn't play as as much of that but uh now that that uh, i'm a senior and uh you know I'm, we're empty nesters and and uh, uh no kids at home and all that i, I as a senior i've, I've had a, a renewed life here with uh, uh being 55 and and we hit it pretty hard i guess the last yeah. 12 14 months so uh uh, yeah, it, it, uh, you know, as far as Elite equipment company, I, I have very good people. We've got, we've got people that have been with us for, you know, 25 years and, and, uh, 20 years. And, um, we don't have a lot of turnover and I think, I think we treat employees well and, and, uh, um, you know, it, it's, uh, uh, you know, we're very lucky to be in the business, the kind of business we're in. We, we work with municipalities and private, uh, private garbage contractors and, and, uh, you know, cities don't go broke and at least not very often. Right. And, uh, and there's always garbage to be picked up. So, um, it, it's, it's a pretty secure business. Uh, we don't go up and down with the economy or, or like construction and things like that. We just, we just stay, stay pretty steady. So, um, it's competitive. I mean, it's not, uh, a walk in the park, but, uh, you know, with the, with the internet and cell phones and everything, I can, you know, I can keep in touch and, and just, uh, we have, we have very good people and, and, uh, very, very lucky to, to be doing what I'm doing. Sure. Well, and then the other thing, you know, it's great for you to find time to practice and, and stay in shape and, and, you know, play with your, with friends and just the, the amount of people that you know, as far as uh, you can get a game with, but you mentioned Iowa and you have had tremendous success playing in Iowa golf association events. Um, just to, you know, recap just briefly, um, you have, you know, 20 wins, including three Iowa amateurs, four Iowa mid-ams, couple Iowa opens, multiple player, multiple time player of the year. Can you speak to how important it is to have a solid and vital state golf association to support your competitive schedule? Well, it, it, it's huge. Uh, Iowa is, uh, you know, we're a small state with about 3 million people, but, but it's a very competitive golf environment here. And, and, uh, uh, the all Iowa golf association has done, done wonderful in, in, uh, running tournaments and, and running the association. And, uh, we're, we're a little bit unique in the fact that we not only have I, IGA, Iowa golf association events, but we also have kind of an Iowa tour where regionally, uh, cities and, and, country clubs have uh have tournaments uh on the weekends and and whether it's a fort dodge amateur and fort dodge iowa um the iowa masters the carroll amateur uh northwest amateur some of these tournaments and the the whole area gets around them and they they um uh they 
have they have these these weekend Friday Saturday Sunday tournaments and and uh, uh, they're they count towards the Iowa player of the year points. Now they're not as, as many points as the IGA events, but, but yet they still, their point of points count towards the player of the year. So sure. they, they get a lot of uh, participation and, and uh, they're very competitive and the best players in the state, you know, don't play in every one of them, but they play in some of them. And um, you know, it's, it's, it's just a real competitive environment. And um the uh, the National Golf Foundation a few years ago did a did a study of of golf and and participation and and per capita Iowa has more golfers playing golf than any other state in the country and and it's it's just kind of unique uh, Iowa has uh, I don't know the number but several hundred nine hole golf courses every little town in Iowa, I swear, whether they got 300 <laughs> people or 3000 people, they have at least one nine hole golf course. And, uh, I've, I've traveled the little towns all over Iowa in our business and, and, uh, they, they are everywhere. And, and, uh, you know, they get farmers and, and plumbers and whatever to come out and, and, uh, tee it up. And, and it, it just, Iowa is a very golf, golf oriented state. Um, well, and that's a great, uh, you know, segue into just like, how do we grow the game? How do we make it more accessible to people? And it sounds like that's the answer right there. Instead of, uh, big, massive country clubs and massive golf resorts and, and, uh, you know, $250 rounds of golf, maybe we just need nine hole courses that are community based and keeps and, and grows the game with, uh, with the, with the, with the youth. Yeah, I think I think you hit it right there. Uh, you know, golf takes a long time. It's expensive. Uh, you know, it's it's uh, um, it's hard. It's a tough game to, to learn and, and to go out and have fun and drink a couple beers and play nine holes. You can get it over with in two hours and, yeah. and go on with whatever you're going to do. So um, I, I think there's definitely a market for that. And and uh, you know, you can, you can play nine holes quick after work and, and have your kids come along and, and whack a few. And it's, you know, it's a great, it's a great family sport. And, and, uh, uh, but you know, kind of the golfer, the country club golfers even changed a little bit. Uh, uh, I've, I've noticed it at, at, at our club, uh, in, in Des Moines here, uh, you know, they, they kind of, they like to have a cigar and a, and a cocktail and, you know, they're, shirts aren't always tucked in and they, you know, they kind of, but they're the, they're the new millennials, 25 to 35 years old. And they, they support the club and they spend money and they, they're, they're active. And, and, uh, we were just having this conversation in our Iowa cup matches, you know, it's kind of the, the golf isn't the same when I grew up and, and, uh, and the country clubs aren't the same, uh, you know, they, they have to cater to the, the, uh, the, the 25 to 35 year olds that, that enjoy doing that. Sure. And that's, that's great. Cause they're spending money and they're supporting the club. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, it, it's a little different. And I think, I think, uh, uh, the USGA is, is noticing that and, and uh, uh, you know, it is, this isn't about everybody getting great and turning pro. It's just, just to enjoy the game of golf, uh, sure. you know, when you grow up and later in life. Well, and, and you know, you mentioned the USGA, you, you were a part of the mid amateur committee for seven years back in uh, 99 to, to, to 2006. And I guess 
another question I have for you. So you're you're a nationally accomplished amateur. Um, you know, I, I've I've played in one USGA event. You've played in twenty nine. So I guess you know between us both, we've played in thirty now. So, uh, <laughs> but you know, I don't want any PCA in a competitive situation. There's guys at your club or guys in clubs all around the country that will shoot their seventy six or seventy eight and. And, you know, they're not going to be able to compete with, with guys at your level. How do, how do we get people that are shooting in those, those high seventies, low eighties to get them out and competing in state, uh, you know, state golf events, uh, invitationals, things like that. How do we get those players to compete more? Yeah. You know, that's a good question. Um, nobody cares what you shoot, but you. And, and I think a lot of people are afraid to, you know, post a score or, you know, what if I play bad, I'll be embarrassed, but, but, uh, you know, nobody cares about it, but you, I, you know, I'm worried about my score. I'm not worried about your score. So, um, you know, you know, I, I don't mind if a guy I play with shoots 80 something, it it doesn't matter, you know, just go out and play it. It's, uh, um, you know, it, it's so much fun to compete and be around other players and, and, you know, be around good players. I can remember, you know, being younger and looking up to the, the good players, but, uh, um, you know, our, our, our numbers are down in our tournaments, uh, in, in Iowa, um, our state ams and mid ams and things. And, um, you know, we're trying to find, find ways to get, the guys to be active and join and, and play. And, and, you know, um, you know, we, we, we tried to have some IGA events that were, were handicapped net net events. And, and, uh, it just, it just never got off the ground, but, uh, you know, it, it, uh, I think golf is looking at these, these subjects and, and trying to, um, you know, just more ways to support, support the game. Sure. So you, You've had the tremendous success as an amateur. You've you've moved uh, obviously to um, after you're turning 55. You're you're playing a lot of senior events. You've you've played in you've you've won in uh, in Canada. You've won uh, you know you've won the Transmiss. You've won the the Crane Cup. Um, what is what is next for you? What is the most enjoyable tournament or or stretch of tournaments that you're still looking forward to to compete and play in? Well, you know, we're very lucky to, to, uh, um, there, there's so many great national tournaments at, at great, you know, venues, the Crump Cup at Pine Valley, the Coleman at Seminole, the George Thomas at LA Country Club. Um, you know, it's just, it's just wonderful to, to, to play in some of these, these events at these great, great golf courses and and uh um you know i'm you know i played i finished second the british senior last year over at sunningdale and sunningdale was just wonderful you know just a wonderful place to have a an event and and uh um you know i i i look forward to all these tournaments and the the u.s seniors at eugene country club uh in august and and looking looking forward to that and um i'm going to go back over to uh the British it's in Wales at Porth call the British senior. And, uh, I mean, it's just, just very lucky just to, you know, show up at these places and to, to play them. And, and, 
um, you know, I, I, I guess my goals are, are, you know, I'd love to, to, you know, win a USG event and, and, uh, you know, the British senior amateur is a big event. Um, you know, I'm just, uh, I'm just trying to get better and, and, uh, uh, you know, turning 55, uh, um, you know, it's kind of, there are so many senior golf tournaments all over the country. You could play 50 tournaments a, a year if you wanted to, but, uh, um, uh, you know, I, I, I try and play in the, the best ones against the best competition. Sure. So, well, speaking about the best competition, we, I, I can't let you go without you. You give me a story about your, uh, one of your, uh, your, your four ball partner, uh, a fellow Iowan that, uh, is always up there on the, on the leaderboard with you. Uh, give me a good Mike McCoy story. A good Mike McCoy story. Um, so, um, he had been, he had been dating a gal and he was supposed to go somewhere with this gal and they broke up and it's like eight 30 at night and we're sitting in our, our great room and Mike looks at me and he says, uh, the, the Lupton, cup starts tomorrow down in uh, Chattanooga at the honors course. And I said, yeah. And he says, I, I don't have to go to this thing anymore. He says, uh, I wonder if I can get there. So he calls, he calls the honors. He calls, uh, no, I can't think of his name right this second, but, uh, tournament director. It's, it's, yeah. Tournament director says, Hey, can I get in tomorrow? And uh, the guy says, oh, geez, you know, let me, let me check. And so they, hey, we can put you at the last group at two o'clock. He says, oh, he says, I'll be there. Mike says, I'll be there. Now we're in Des Moines, Iowa, 830 at night, uh, you know, on Thursday night, tournament starts Friday. And uh, so I get online. I said, Mikey, there's a, there's a six o'clock flight to Atlanta, 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 nine o'clock. You drive up to Chattanooga a couple hours, you know, you'd be there by uh, you know, one o'clock and, and, uh, you know, tee it at two. And if, if he didn't do that and go win the darn tournament. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's a national, yeah. this is a national amateur invitational. First of all, for, to, to clarify for people listening, the Lupton isn't just like your local Kiwanis club, nine hole league. It's not like you just show up. It's a national event. So he just like, uh, oh God, really? Yeah, yeah, literally. We were just sitting there in, in our living room, and and I got online. I said, "Yeah, there's a flight tomorrow morning." And you know, you down there, you get to Atlanta at nine. You drive up there, you be up there for lunch, have a sandwich, go tee it, and and uh, and he played well and and won the Lupton. So uh, that that's Mikey for you. Wow. Well, we'll have to see if we can get Mikey on here uh, to to get a good Gene Elliott story uh, yeah. uh, out of him at some point. Um, so, what was your biggest surprise or shock when you started playing senior events? Uh, I've talked to a lot of guys uh, here in South Florida that are kind of in that, you know, forty five to forty eight range, forty nine, where you know they're having a little bit of a tough time competing against the mid ams in their you know mid twenties, early thirties, and they're kind of looking at the calendar and seeing that the, the 50th birthday or, or the 55th birthday for that matter is coming up soon. Did, did you have any kind of preconceived notions on how you were going to do in senior golf? And did you have any sort of a rude awakening when you got there? 
Well, you know, you're right. When you're in your 40s and early 50s, uh, you're competing against these 25 to 30 year old kids, I call them. Yeah. Um, that you know they're hitting it, you know, 50 yards by you, and you know it, it's it's a different ball game, uh, and it is hard to be competitive. Uh, in Iowa, our state golf association, a senior's 50, so I played some of the senior our state senior am and senior match play and and had a little bit of taste of that but um you know i saw a lot of my friends that were older and playing uh you know going and playing the british senior am and and playing in in uh the u.s senior am and having success and and they and they were all you know good friends of mine and and so i was kind of looking forward to joining them again and and so when i turned actually i'll back up um I, uh, I, I thought about this a little bit, not, not that I took it super serious, but, but, uh, um, I, I've been always been saying I need to get stronger and better shape and, and all those kinds of things. And I thought, you know, I'm going to be turning 55 in a year or so. And, and, uh, I need, I need a personal trainer to, to just get a little stronger. And, you know, all the guys on tour physical fitness is, and I've always been an active guy and that kind of thing. But sure. so I send a blind email to the, to the Y, the Des Moines Y. And I said, Hey, I'd like to work with a personal trainer. I'd like to get a little stronger for golf. And, uh, uh, a day or so later, I get an email back from this guy. He says, Oh, you know, tell me what kind of golfer you are. And I thought, well, what do I say? You know? And, <laughs> and I, I, I said, you know, I'm going to tell him flat out, you know, I, I was just player of the year in Iowa in the Iowa golf hall of fame. Oh, so I let him have it. Kinda, sure. And he kind of emails back. Whoa, Whoa. He, he says, uh, he goes, I'll train you. And, uh, uh, so anyhow, I go to the, you know, first couple training sessions with him and, and he likes golf a lot. And, and, uh, his name's Tim Sukan and, and, uh, uh, you know, I, I said, Tim, I, I just need to get stronger and better. I'm going to be turning 55. I can play all this, you know, national senior stuff. And, and, uh, I said, I just need to get in better shape. And he says, well, Gene round is a shape. Oh, and wow. And I said, uh, uh, he was just giving me crap. No, but, that's uh, great. That's the uh, kind of guy and, you want. Just, you know, yeah, just and kicking I, the I, ass I said, a little bit. He, he's been, he's been a, we've been buddies ever since. And, and, uh, it's, I've worked out with him now for a little over two years and he's, he hasn't hurt me and he keeps me strong enough and, and my stamina. And I, and I think he, I really think he's helped. And, um, and, and I started, the other thing I've, I did was I started working with an old friend, uh, Chris Foley on my putting. Um, and I think I've putted better in the last couple of years than I ever have. And, and then Ken Shaw, uh, uh, local Des Moines teacher here. He has his own studio. Uh, he, he had his PGA tour card and a great, great player. And, and I've, I've been working with, with Kenny on my swing the last three, three, four years. So, um, you know, between the them and and uh, just kind of turning fifty five, it's just kind of all gelled. So I, I'm not that smart to like, you know, do all do. You know, it, it wasn't there wasn't a grand scheme plan here. It just kind of sure. all happened. Uh, just uh, uh, Chris Foley, just talking to him, I said, you know, I need to help with my putting. Do you work on putting? He's oh yeah yeah. So. Uh, you know, he, he's really helped. And, and then Kenny, I've known for decades and, and, uh, and then the 
Tim, my trainer, just, uh, it's just been, you know, it's just been great. So, um, well, and, and, you know, this is really good stuff because I guess what I'm taking away from this is you're at very close to the, I mean, let's just say you're at the top of your game as far as senior amateurs around the country. I mean, there's a handful of guys and you're one of them and still you're, you're, working with a trainer you're working with a putting instructor you're having someone look at your swing if you want to compete at whatever level it is you you have to work with someone you have to have people helping you it's not just i go out hit a few balls i hit a few chips and putts and off i go and i shoot 68 so how important is it that you have i mean obviously it you have to have a team with you you have to have some people that are working with you yeah and that that uh um, I, I think it has made the difference. And that's one thing that, that Mike McCoy, uh, he, he's always, you know, he, he works hard at his game and he yeah. practices hard. And, and I've just never been that big of a practice guy. And, and, um, uh, you know, I, I, and, and Mikey is through the years has pushed me. He's always pushed me in golf and, and, you know, Hey, let's go play this tournament. Let's go play that tournament. And, and, uh, you know, now that I was, I was going to be turning 55 a year before him. And I thought, you know, I got one year without McCoy, so I better make, <laughs> I better make it good. And, and, uh, um, so, you know, I, 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 I did start to work on my game a little bit and I, I didn't want to come out as a senior and just suck. You know, I wanted to be good. And, and, uh, that's, uh, a, um, that's the best, that's the best, yeah. that's just the, the best tagline of the, uh, of the episode right there. How'd you approach yeah. that? I didn't want to suck. Yeah. Well, I just, I just, I wanted to be good. You know, Chip Lutz is a great friend and, and, you know, he's one, three British seniors and a U.S. senior and all kinds of other stuff. And I, you know, I wanted to see if how, how well I could do. Yeah. And, and, uh, so, so, uh, um, you know, I, I, uh, I, I just, I, I wanted to put a little effort into this and, sure. and, and, I, and I have, and I've had some success and I'd like to like to continue it. So, um, well, I'm, yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure you will. We're going to get you out of here with just a couple of quick bucket questions here at the back of the range. These are just random. Um, so let me start with a couple right here. Um, should there be a U.S. mid-senior event, uh, a USGA mid-senior event for people that are 40 years and up? Sure. I think it's a great idea. Brings more people to the game. Okay. Uh, Jack Nicholas won the Masters in 1986. Take that victory, compare it to a potential fifth green jacket of Tiger Woods. Which would be the more substantial victory? Well, I think with all the... Although the 86 masters was, we'll never forget watching that. Um, Tiger. I think if Tiger did this after his surgeries and everything, it'd be historic. Okay. Uh, let's see. You can give a major championship to anyone in history, alive or dead, a male or female. They could have no majors. They could have 18 majors. Can't give it to yourself. Can't give it to McCoy. So, um, <laughs> you gotta, I gotta, I have to put all these, these, uh, prerequisites here, all these, uh, disclaimers, cause I've had people want to give them to, your, to their, uh, parents and themselves and their buddies from, but who, who would you give a major to? Um, you know, I think I'd give the masters to Rory. So he completes the grand slam. Okay. That's okay. So you give it to Rory instead of giving the open to, to Phil. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'd give it to Rory. Okay. Okay. We won't, we won't go there. Okay. <laughs> well, Gene, uh, I really, really do appreciate the time. Just a lot of great stories and, and just fantastic achievements uh, on your part through your amateur career. Looking forward to a great summer for you nationally as well as playing in, in Iowa. Really appreciate the time, and um, and thanks for coming on. You bet. It's been my pleasure, Ben. Enjoyed it. And there you have it. Another great episode here at the Back of the Range. Special thanks to Gene Elliott for taking the time to speak with us. Make sure you follow us on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook, and we'll see you next week for another episode here at the Back of the Range.